Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast, the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And I am your host, Dr. Shantae. So I am very excited to get into this next series. It's a bit of a doozy, and it's going to challenge us in the best way possible as we are contending with the effects and the impact of a global pandemic and not just a pandemic. There's even famine on the horizon as the supply chain for meat producers and distributors is disrupted because of the virus. And so things are going to get very interesting. So not only have we been contending with the challenges in the economy, the challenges with the virus, but now we're talking about famine on the horizon. I was, <laughs> I was even reading over the weekend where about some insect called murder hornets. Okay. Like these two inch long locusts that can just take out entire bee colonies with enough venom to, to poison a man. And I said, okay, Lord, we got plagues. We got famine. We got locusts to say that God is trying to get our attention is an understatement. And so I think that it is, I have a, a obligation, a responsibility to use this platform to challenge us to, to grow from and through this pandemic. You know, one of the things that I really been focusing on is my personal health and especially my physical health, because even though I would go to the gym about three times a week, I just really wasn't seeing the kind of impact that I wanted to see. And one of the things that I've noticed is, or one of the things that I've learned, I should say, is that when you're trying to develop muscle, the way that you do that is you tax the muscle, you tear the muscle, you push the muscle and after you've done that through resistance, through some sort of a force or what have you, then you have to give the muscle time to recover. If you keep taxing the muscle and pushing the muscle and tearing the muscle and adding resistance and progressively overloading the muscle and never recover, the muscle will never grow. You have to give that muscle time to heal. And through the healing is where you start to see the gains, is where you start to see the changes in definition in your body. In the same way, before this pandemic, we were taxing ourselves, we were pushing ourselves, we were overloading ourselves with so much, just busy being busy. And God has given us an opportunity to recover so that through this recover, we might see the gains. We might see the definition. We might see more of him in us. And so this podcast episode is going to do just that. And the title for this series is Liar, Liar. It's so funny. I must like this phrasing because I've realized in my book, um, so for those of you who didn't know, I've written a book called Believing Bigger, A 31-Day Faith Journey. I think you can get it for like five bucks, seven bucks on Amazon. And I think that's chapter 27 of the book, Liar, Liar, but in a totally different context than what we're going to be talking about for this particular series. And so we have a guiding scripture for this series. Actually, we have a few, but the primary one is Genesis 1:27, And it says this, so God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. So that is our primary text. But we will also be taking a look at Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, and Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So our focus today, we will be looking at the word lie, dead cat on the line, and you are what you think. So let's jump right into it. 
So let's take a look at the word lie. Let's define some terms as we always do at the start of a new series. And there are a number of definitions for the word lie. I mean, you can go lie down. But in this instance, we are talking about lies to make an untrue statement with the intent to deceive, to create a false or misleading impression. So lie, that is a powerful word. It is a three letter word, but can create so much destruction. Just like the word sin is a three letter word, but it can cause so much destruction. Lie is one of those words that makes us uncomfortable. If someone calls us a liar, we are offended, even if we're lying, <laughs> you know, but if someone calls us a liar, that is one of those words that just kind of strikes a chord with us. It, it hits a nerve. And the reason is because it carries implications about our character. The word lie, the Bible describes Satan as a liar. It says that he is the father of lies. So his lie in the Garden of Eden, his lie, his intent to deceive Eve is what caused sin to enter the world in the first place. To say that someone has lied is to presume that there is some premeditation involved. So whenever you see that word intent, it means that someone thought about it before they carried it out. Even if it was for a brief moment, we make split uh, split second decisions all the time about telling the truth. And we like to call it other things so that it doesn't sound as bad as what it really is. So we call it making excuses or we call it embellishments or we call it an omission. Well, I didn't lie, but I technically didn't tell the truth or I didn't lie technically, but I just didn't I just left that part out, you know, so there's lies of commission and lies of omission, or we have things that we call little white lies, which always kind of struck a nerve with me because what is the opposite of that? A big black lie? I don't understand that, but we have these things that we like to call it so that it doesn't sound as bad as it is. We lie to our children. We lie to our spouses and our significant others. We lie to our bosses. We lie to the kids, teachers. We lie to our friends. We lie on social media. We lie to our parents. But today, and for the purposes of this series, we are going to focus specifically on the lies that we tell ourselves. What is it that we are telling ourselves that causes us not to live the life of joy and abundance that God has called us to live? So I want you to know that I was very intentional about my use of the word lie. It's not for shock value or for clickbait, but I chose it because it's offensive. I'm an English professor. So I mean, trust me, I have a litany of words at my disposal, but I chose this one specifically because of its offensive nature. I chose it because it pricks a little bit more than a word like excuse. And by the end of this series, I want to offend your sensibilities just enough for you to want to change some things in your life. And change doesn't happen when we're comfortable. If we're being perfectly honest, change does not happen when we're riding the gravy train. So many of us have walked with God long enough to be able to trace some of the biggest changes in our lives to a period of disruption. When our boats got rocked, when our apple cart got ticked o- tipped over, we are living in a time of disruption. Life as we know it has fundamentally shifted And through this series, I'm going to present you with an opportunity to change, change some of the premeditated lies that many of us have been telling ourselves. And the biggest of which is I can't. So those two words, I can't, have been the precursor to some of the most destructive lies imaginable. I can't leave him. I can't lose weight. I can't give up wine. I can't face him. I can't face her. 
I can't tell them what really happened. I can't ask for help. I can't give up bread. I can't make time in my busy schedule. What I look like, you know, I can't put myself out there like that. You know what I look like. So I can't has been at the beginning of a number of really self-destructive lies. It puts a cap on our abilities. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things that you cannot do. Okay. There are things that you can't do. You may not be able to run the 40 yards in under six seconds. You may not be able to leap over buildings in a single bound. You may not be able to turn back time and you can't change the past, but I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the things that limit your possibilities. I'm talking about the ceiling that you have created for yourself. I'm talking about the ways that you have given up hope. I'm talking about the ways that you have walked away from your dreams and your potential. I'm talking about the people and the relationships that you've shut out of your life because it hurts too much to see them win when you feel like you lost. But here's the thing. There are no losers in the kingdom of God. Which brings us to the dead cat on the line. Now, I am not a Southerner. You know, I'm born and raised primarily in Chicago, but I have been accused of pulling out these country sayings every now and again. And one of those sayings is a dead cat on the line. Now, my understanding of that phrase means that something is not adding up. When there's a dead cat on the line, something is fishy, something is suspicious. In the words of Keith Sweat, something, something just ain't right. Something is amiss. And so when we look at one of our guiding scriptures for today, Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So what does this mean? This means that humans were created to be a graphic image of the creator. Okay. So human beings, humankind, mankind, we are the physical graphic manifestation of God. We are a replica of him and he put us in a formal, visible, understandable representation of who he is and what he's really like. So we are the creatures through which God's plans and purposes can be carried out and made known and made manifest on this earth. We are made like him with the ability to carry out his plans. Now, even though sin has stained us, okay, so you want to walk back to Genesis and, and the sin in the garden and because of Adam and Eve's sin, all of us have, were born with a sin nature. So even though we have that, we're stained, but Jesus came to redeem us. And so if you are listening and you are a believer, being made in the image of God does not mean that you are perfect, but it does mean that you have significant possibilities. It means that you have significant potential. It means that you have significant power. So here's what doesn't add up. Here's where the dead cat walks in. If you are the human extension of God himself, if you were made in his likeness with intelligence, potential, possibilities, and power, why are you going around telling yourself what you can't do? God could have made us dogs. He could have made us cats, but he chose to make us like him with the power, potential, and possibilities to carry out unlimited accomplishments. Seven billion replicas, little sculptures of him to be put on display in this world. And what are we showing? What are we showing the world? In many ways, our lives are a reflection of what we believe about God, what we believe about who he is and how he created us. 
Another thing that's not quite adding up forces me to look at Ephesians chapter three, 20 through 21, which says this now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. So we are made in the image of him. We are made in the image of a God who is able to do exceedingly exponentially more than we can ask or even conceive in our minds. Not only that, when we got saved, when we became believers in God, believers in Christ, when we got saved, he sent the power of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Okay. I know a lot of people think Holy Spirit is when, you know, folks go running around in church, like, oh, shut it up. Oh, shut it up. That's, I mean, that can be a manifestation of that. But the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus left with us when he ascended back into heaven is the one that leads us, guides us, convicts us and a whole host of other functions of the Holy Spirit. So that power, that power of the Holy Spirit, he has left that with us. So as believers, why are we running around talking about what we cannot do? Something is not adding up. Something is not clicking. There's a dead cat on the line somewhere because believers do not operate on emotion. Believers do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. Believers operate in the spirit of God. So when we say I can't lose this weight or I can't start that podcast or I can't forgive or I can't save money or I can't, I can't, I can't. What are we as believers saying about the power of God that is at work within us? Something is not adding up. And I'm going to tell you because this is the hard truth. Something is not adding up. If you are a believer and you believe God and you believe the truth of God and you believe the word of God and you believe in the power of God, then your life should reflect that belief. And if it does not reflect that belief, you really have to ask yourself, do I believe God? Do I believe the word of God and do I believe in the power of God? But then yet and still, there's another thing that's just not quite adding up. You know how new Luther with the curl, you know, Cedric say it just didn't quite curl around. Just, you know, is Philippians 413, which we're very familiar with. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. I love the new American standard version of this scripture because it says this. I know how to get along with humble means and I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul is saying, I've had moments in my life where I lived high on the hog. I've been to fancy restaurants. I've experienced some plush accommodations. I've been driven around to some exclusive places. But he also says, I've been down to my last dollar. I know what it's like to eat peanut butter and jelly and pork and beans and make a dollar out of 15 cents, even though he was a Jew and probably wasn't eating pork. But you understand my point. He said the secret, the key to living high or living low is knowing that no matter his circumstances, that he could do all things through Christ that gave him strength, meaning that he could survive it. He could endure it. He could weather the storm. And so if you are a believer, if you have quoted that scripture more times than you can count, if you are in this pandemic falling apart, I have to question why. Why are you filled with anxiety as we enter this global recession? This ain't our first rodeo. 
Most of us were not born with silver spoons in our mouths. I was born on the south side of Chicago in Inglewood. So believe me when I tell you, I've eaten my fair share of fried bologna sandwiches, okay? I've drank my share of Kool-Aid. And it wasn't always Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and Kroger and Publix. So if you believe that you can truly do all things through Christ that strengthens you, why are you putting ceilings on your possibilities? Why are you putting limits on God? Why are you hand cuffing him because without faith it is impossible and so when you speak in limitations you are not speaking in faith so in the last series we saw Joseph go from the pole house to the penthouse right all because he trusted God and the Lord was with him and so if you're not trusting God in this season as a believer I'm telling you there's a dead cat on the line somewhere something is worthy of examination, investigation, exploration, something just isn't adding up, which brings us to Joshua one verse nine. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you where, wherever you go. The dead cat is this. There is a disconnect between what we say we believe and our actions. God has commanded us to be strong and courageous. And I want us to examine every area of our lives that is marred by fear or shame because fear means we don't have faith. Shame means that we don't believe in the saving power of God because the Bible says who can hold anything to God's elect. The world cannot charge us with anything. The Bible says it is God that condemns. And so people that say, you know, only God can judge me. It, that is a paraphrase, but essentially that is what God is saying. That is what the Bible is saying. And so when you are looking at your life and you see areas of fear or shame, look at your finances. Some of us are too afraid to make the calls to the lenders or to the creditors and say, I need to work something out. Look at your career choices. Do they reflect someone who played it safe or someone who boldly and courageously reached higher than they ever thought possible? Look at your relationships. Do they reflect the honesty and transparency that is required to have a healthy relationship? Or do you see all the walls that you've put up? all the bridges that you burned because it was easier to retreat or escape than it was to have the hard conversations, which brings us to you are what you think. Now I would be remiss if I did not share my own lies that have been made manifest during this pandemic. I used to tell myself, Oh, I can't work out at home. So I went and spent thousands of dollars over a period of years on gym memberships. I used to tell myself, I don't have time to do meal planning. And, and cook every night. So I built this grab and go lifestyle for myself and my daughter. I used to say, oh, I don't have time to sit down and read. I'll just listen in the car. And then a global pandemic hit and I couldn't go to the gym and I couldn't just grab and go. And I didn't have a reason to be in my car long enough to listen to a chapter in a book. So now I work out five, six times a week from my living room using workouts on YouTube. And when I thought about it, I felt like such a fool. I said, how long have I had access to YouTube? How long has YouTube been free and still free? How long have I had ready access to this living room? Before the pandemic, I had to be on campus two days a week. So the other three days are the days that I would go to the gym. And I was going to the gym because I told myself that I could not work out at home. I put that limitation on myself. Now, 
in my living room, do I have access to heavy weights? No, but resistance bands are very effective and they were cheaper than one month of gym membership dues. So this pandemic has given me some time to think about all the little prisons that I've built for myself by saying what I cannot do. You know, on my last session with my therapist, we talked about putting together an emotional exit strategy because I realized that I've been enabling some toxic behaviors of some people who are in my life that are close to me. And one of the questions that my therapist always asks is, what do you think would happen if you changed course? What do you think would happen if you changed that behavior? Or what do you think would happen if you stopped doing that? In other words, what's the worst that could happen? And I believe what she's getting at is, what are you afraid of? At our core, we are hardwired for love and belonging, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert. And so we are willing to often stay in toxic cycles or toxic relationships or enable toxic behaviors because we think that if we disrupt the cycle, it will put our sense of love, worth and belonging in jeopardy. But I was telling a friend the other day, sometimes you have to be willing to be the Ruby Bridges of your own life. Do you know who Ruby Bridges is? Ruby Bridges is that brave, bold young lady. And I give credit to her and her parents. Uh, the paintings that you, that Norman Rockwell painting that you see of that little black girl who's had uh, slurs thrown at her and, and tomatoes and food thrown at her. And she was one of the first people to cross the lines of desegregation. And had it not been for Ruby Bridges, man, where would so many of us be? In order for me to be a college professor in the district that I teach in, someone had to be a Ruby Bridges. Someone had to be willing to take that first step towards desegregation. And that's what we have to do as believers. We have to be willing to step away, to cross the protest line, to break the cycle and the patterns of these toxic negative patterns of thinking and fear and limits that we place on our possibilities. One of the reasons that we lie to ourselves is because we don't want to face the truth because the truth is always going to bring consequences. It's always going to evict somebody or some ideology that has been living rent free in our thoughts or in our lives. And whether you think you can or you can't, as Henry Ford says, you're usually right because your thoughts dictate your actions and your actions are a direct reflection of your beliefs. And so in order for you to become everything that God has called you to be, in order for you to do everything that God has called you to do, in order for you to live to your best potential, you are going to have to be the Ruby Bridges and cross that line and, and break that barrier and break that cycle and take all the discomfort that comes along with it. Because unless you are willing to do that, you will be trapped in a prison of lies and limiting beliefs the rest of your entire existence. And, you know, one of the best examples of this, her name is Joan McDonald. And so you might have heard of her. She has a website called Train with Joan. So you can Google it. Train, like choo-choo train, train with Joan. And Joan is fit as a fiddle. I mean, she got muscles popping. I mean, she got herself some, some toned legs, thighs, or what have you. And you say, okay, well, so what? There's lots of fit people every day. Uh, what's remarkable about Joan is that she started her journey when she was 70 years old. You heard that right. Seven zero. Joan is in better shape than I am. <laughs> Joan looks better than I do. She got 30 plus years on me 
and Joan is doing the doggone thing. She is a, a model for fitness wear and she has tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. And the reason why Joan is as successful as she is, despite the age that she is, is because she was willing to be the Ruby Bridges of her own life and cross the picket line and say no more. Whatever this, this ceiling is, whatever this lie that's out there that I've been telling myself, this destructive narrative that has led me to, to obesity and all of that, no more, no mas. I'm done with that. Listen, believers, you are already equipped to do the things that God has called you to do. Second Timothy three, 16 through 17 says all scripture is God breathed and it is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be complete, fully equipped to every good work. What's the name of this podcast? Whole and complete. So let me just make, make sure that you are clear on the inventory that you have as a believer in God. You have the image and the likeness of God. You have the power of God through the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God for correction and training and conviction and instruction. And you have the peace and the promises of God, meaning there is nothing essentially that is impossible to you. If you are willing to cross the protest line, if you are willing to be the Ruby bridges, nothing is going to be impossible to you. If you are willing to walk in alignment with what God has called and assigned to your life, Jesus literally said with God, all things are possible. Now don't take that out of context and think that a Lamborghini is going to, you know, show up in your driveway tomorrow. But do you possess the intellect? the work ethic, the creativity, and the drive that will allow you to earn that Lamborghini? Yes. Yes, you do. So that brings us to the end of this series. Lies about our abilities. Lies about what we can truly and actually achieve. And in this next part of the series, so we've talked about the lies and the limitations that we place on our abilities. In the next part of this series, we're going to talk about the lies that we tell about our feelings. Yeah, we're going to focus on our feelings. We like to say that we keeping it 100. But if we're being perfectly honest, we don't more times than not, we tell a lot of lies to ourselves about how we really feel about things. And we tell lies to other people about how we really feel about things. And so we are going to dig into that in the next part of this series. And so as I always ask for your support, you can support this show in a number of ways. Someone asked me the other day about sowing a seed into this podcast, which I really appreciated. And so I do have a Patreon page for those of you that are familiar with that site or that service. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash Dr. Shantae, and you know, if you want to sow a seed of a dollar, a couple, two, three pennies to help keep this podcast and this show going and to help reach the goal of positively impacting the lives of a million people, you can absolutely do that. Patreon.com forward slash Dr. Shantae. But you can also go to your own phone and your own fingers and share this podcast with your friends. There's no algorithm that exists between your friends and your family and the people that you think could benefit positively from this podcast. As I said, we are at May, first week of May. We have two weeks to hit 10,000 downloads and I believe we can do it. By May 18th, we absolutely have the power, the capabilities to do that. So I encourage you 
please share this on your social media. If you have an opportunity to please write a review or give this show a, a five-star review if it's blessing you the way that I hope that it is. So many ways to support this show. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, all that good stuff, you know you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says, and I will see you next time.